Ours is Fury is proudly hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to episode 36 of Ours is the Fury. Um, we had two losses in a row, both uh, with a scoreline of 3-1, so we're pretty bummed. Um, today, Ryan's here. Hello. And Blocksmith. Hi. And uh, myself. And uh, Kendra <laughs> didn't make it again this week, and she didn't even bring us an interview. Wow, what a slacker. <laughs> Get with it, Kendra. All right, we should uh, start with the game against FC Edmonton um, that we played again uh, in front of a pretty small crowd. It was a playoff game for the Senators. Um, I can't remember the exact number. Do you know, Blocksmith? Uh, I believe it was 2,400 and some. Yeah. Which isn't bad, considering midweek game the Senators were playing that night. It was freaking cold. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, it was pretty cold that night, so not m- not m- many reasons for people to come out. Big hockey game on the same night. Yeah, actually, we had a listener um, comment from Theo Gautier who said, um, "Encouraging or an illustration of the challenges in Hockey Town." Um, he was saying, you know, approximately two thousand five hundred people there. I'd say it's it's wet. It's neither encouraging nor nor that bad. I thought it was pretty decent. I mean, considering, I think everyone who was guessing on what the tennis was going to be was like a thousand eight hundred sometimes, but twenty four hundred is pretty decent. Uh, it's a cup game. Doesn't mean a lot to the the average person, but um, I think the fact that they're not pulling like ten thousand for regular season games is a failure. But yep. Yeah, I mean, not just jump forward to the next game, but I think 3,000 last weekend was, you know, more troubling than the 24th. Absolutely, on the Saturday, no other event that could have conflicted with it, really. Poutine fest. (laughs) Yeah, well, you could have combined those two things. Um, Well, let's start with the the starting lineup from the Ottawa Fury against FC Edmonton. So, um, we had the two same central backs, Falvey and Alvis, and then we had Ryan Richter as right back. And then we had Poltronieri as left back, and De Guzman, Patterson, and Ubi as midfielders, and that was a change from the game before uh, because Oliver had been in that um, middle center position, and this time it was Ubi. Then we have Paulo Jr. on the left, Oliver on the right, and uh, Wiedemann got a start. Um, how do you guys think he did? Um, poorly. Pretty invisible, eh? Oh, not even invisible, like. There's like they went up one nothing with Oliver really early in the second minute, and then the Fury were kind of dominating the f- the first half, and then Wiedemann just missed chance after chance, so just kind of put that game away, but just couldn't do it. Like to me, sometimes it looks like he isn't even trying. Like I don't know if it's like the way he runs or yeah, like 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 we were talking about before the recording about how he wants. Totally got burned yeah. when he was like trying to sprint for a ball, and the, the defender the just sort of went by at time to time to like tie his shoelaces and then still get the ball. Oh yeah, it was a ball down like as the Fury going. He was going down their right wing, and their right back who was coming from the opposite side of the field beat him to the ball. Yeah, yeah, that didn't look good from the stands. Uh, it looked like a 
I don't know. It's like when you used to race your dad when you were as a kid, you know? <laughs> and you know your dad was like letting you letting you win for a while and then he'd beat you at the end. Yeah, at a jerk. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, well, the game did start off pretty well for us uh, with, with a long throw-in uh, um, that uh, Oliver converted uh, quite nicely. So, And then we kept on dominating the first half and everything was looking great. Um, there was a couple weird calls in the game, a um, couple handballs that, that could have been called. And then, like, things were still looking good in the early second half, but then I think the game changed when Lang came on for Edmonton. Yeah, definitely. What, we were dominating in the first half. I, I, I made the mistake of telling some people behind me that we were the Canadian Barcelona. Because, <laughs> because that's how, how much we were dominating. And there was Olays, right? And yeah. the, the passing the ball very well. It looked amazing. Second half, FC Edmonton started they made some changes and we didn't adjust at all and the whole game changed in the second half i thought it was strange that i think before basically before lang got subbed on you could tell that the fury weren't pushing forward they weren't they weren't the same team as they were in the first half so when lang came on and he provided that spark you could tell edmonton was kind of pushing for that goal. And I thought it was kind of weird that the subs that we made were all offensive. Like, um, like Heinemann came on for Wiedemann and Hayworth came on for Oliver and they're all forwards. They were, I think Mark DeSantos was trying to push for that, you know, that second goal. But I think he probably, in you know, hindsight, probably should have brought some defenders on, maybe some extra defenders on. Should try to just keep that one nothing lead in. But Dos Santos has been talking a lot about playing like attacking football more and spending more time in their zone and making that a part of their defensive game. Like the best defense is to be in their zone. But um, I don't know if like if it was realistic in this game because when Lang came on, it was like changed everything. And who did they kick off? Uh, Smiths. Yeah. And which which was unfortunate because we really wanted him to stay on because he was pretty much useless <laughs> the whole first half. <laughs> But, yeah. And then FC Evan actually could have uh, won by more goals because they got a penalty. Mm. I can't, can't remember what minute exactly it was, some, sometime in the 60-something minute. Um, and that was saved by, by Pizer. It was kind of a questionable call. Like it's, it, it's tough to see in the replay. Like it, it's, was it Ryan Richter that was called for handball? Or who was it? I think it was Elvis. Wasn't it? Yeah, he was Elvis. covering his face. Yeah, I guess the Edmonton player looked like he was going to swing his foot up, so... Alves kind of covered his face up. Yeah. The ball hit him in the arms. Yeah. You don't have the, to call that. It's going to hit him in the face, so it's not changing the directory at all. It fell, you know, in front of him. It wasn't an advantageous bounce for him. It was kind of a weak call. And then Pizer sort of cheated uh, at the yeah. penalty. I don't know if you guys saw that. He <laughs> yeah, went he like way a, off his line. <laughs> yeah, he went like five yards off his line. But, well, he saved it, which felt awesome at the time. He stood in front of the ball while the guy took the penalty kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is our first ever save from a penalty. From yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was a chance right after that Lang had where he had a free kick, and uh, Pizer had to make a really, a really great save, diving save to keep that one out as well. 
Yeah, and then after the first goal uh, went in from four dice, pretty much Edmonton killed us in the remaining seven minutes, and it was so unnecessary. Like if if it, the, the score had remained one one, or even if we only lost lost two one, we would we would still be in this competition. Yeah. But like this, we're we're basically done. Um, Blocksmith, do you want to maybe um, describe the goals uh, or? I don't really remember. I just blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> I remember the second goal was a pass to Alves, and Alves kind of took his time and yeah, he just he didn't realize there was a defender sprinting at him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the pass came from De Guzman, if I remember correctly. That's also a matter of communicating. Like if someone had had been like man on or or something, yeah. he wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. But he looked like an idiot there. Yeah, that was one of the uglier goals I've seen um, at Lansdowne, for sure. Um, something I thought that took, it was 2-1, and the Fury were pressing quite a bit. I think the 84th, 83rd minute a while. And uh, there was a time where the bot, we took the shot on goal, and the FC Edmonton defender was flying through the air, and he actually batted it with his arm. Yeah. And like people have made like uh, GIFs online and everything, like showing this. He actually batted it out of... Yeah, that should goal. be an automatic red card in the penalty right yeah. there. And it was completely missed. And uh, Mark DeSantos talked to the referee like after the game. And I was not that far away, like 15 yards away. And I could hear like them talking like calmly. Mm -hmm. They were talking a little bit in the tunnel calmly. And then I guess after that, Mark DeSantos had a few choice words with the referee according to some of the press. And uh, he's suspended for the next game. Yeah. Which is now the second time in a row that the team will be without the coach because um, against Fort Lauderdale Strikers, the Mark Dos Santos was absent due to a death in his family, unfortunately. Um, in, in terms of the other goal that the, that the Edmonton scored, I think the third one was sort of like one of the Edmonton players, I think it was probably... Lance Lang was running down the, the wing or something and passed it into the center. And then Amiobi finished it. I can't remember exactly. I remember there was a goal that... <laughs> it's a week ago, guys. Yeah. I, I watched like three games this week, so... Yeah, I think there was a... They uh, they shot it and Pizer kind of didn't catch oh, it. Oh, that was the first one. That was the first one. Oh, yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, like, go too too much on the game... But a couple of points I wanted to make is uh, after the game, people are very harsh on uh, De Guzman. Yeah, yeah a lot of the forums strange. and on Twitter and stuff. And I, I thought it was really strange, like like criticizing De Guzman's passing. Yeah, his passing is phenomenal. I, I <laughs> <laughs> he's by far the best passer in that game, maybe in the league. His ball control is amazing. The, the things he does with the ball, and for people to pile on De Guzman, I don't know because he's like the star player or the player like people see you know but it's, it just seems absurd to me to yeah, say he's he's a problem in the midfield it's yeah i thought that was a little weird i thought he's probably the best player on the on the field in the first half by far he missed some passes but they all missed passes i mean he's still relatively new to the team he's still trying to learn they're always kind of bringing in midfielders and switching the midfielders up and switching mid the formation as well so it's probably not too too helpful on him getting a grasp of how this team plays but i i don't have anything bad to say about it to guzman after that game anyway this sucked man because 
one of the biggest goals for the Fury was to finally play an MLS side in the next round of the B Cup. And I mean, we're not out completely, but you know, realistically, you know, but, winning three zero in Edmonton is what we need at least. But like a little, like Edmonton has still leads the league in goals against. Yeah. So three goals in Edmonton is not like completely unrealistic. Yeah. Would have been last season, but maybe. This yeah, season. not this season. They they've really changed their style. Yeah, it also doesn't help. They had to buy last weekend. That's true. <laughs> so they're yeah, fresh. They're, they're well rested. <laughs> they don't have to travel. They're well rested. We you know, and we we played Fort Lauderdale this weekend. We're playing uh, New York coming up. Yeah. So let's talk about the Fort Lauderdale game next. But uh, before we do that, we'll take a short break. You can find us on Twitter at Ottawa Fury or email us at ours is the Fury Podcast at gmail.com. And then we had the Fort Lauderdale game on Saturday. And what was the scoreline of that, Blocksmith? 3 1. Well, that's easy to remember at least. <laughs> cut. And equally depressing. <laughs> no cut, Ryan. This is this is great work. I didn't say cut. I was just <laughs> Oh. I said, oh God. <laughs> it, it's, it's been a depressing week. I'm surprised I'm you know, got it together. So but to be fair, we can already say this before discussing this game. The scorelines don't really reflect the the Fury performances per se. Like we weren't destroyed by neither one of those teams. No, I think we had more chances than both mm-hmm. in both games. We're just just lacking finishing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of promising to see how many chances the Fury are creating. It's just a matter of finishing them more efficiently and so on. So let's look at how the Fury lined up against the strikers. So we had Heinemann back up front, and then Ubi was uh, back on the bench, and then Oliver was back in that position that Ubi had taken. And uh, um, on the right wing, we had Haworth, and then Paulo Jr. on the left wing, and De Guzman and Patterson, just like in the V Cup match in midfield, and Falvey and Elvis, our center backs, as usual. Ryan Richter, a right back as usual, Pizer and goal, and then we gave uh, Mike Randolph uh, another chance. How do you think he did, Tim? Uh, I think he kind of looks out of place right now on the team. Uh, he's very quick, he's very good, but he kind of looks out of position. He kind of doesn't fall back defensively as much as he should be. I have to admit, because the Guzman and, and Mike Randolph have a very similar statue, I I've, I was confusing them a lot. They're the exact same height, I think. But yeah. Randolph is much thicker. Yeah. Like, the Guzman's a stick man. Yeah. And the Randolph's. What I find amazing about the Guzman is he wins a lot of headers and, like, aerial duels, mm-hmm. even though he's tiny. Just a matter of timing and, and the way he positions, positions himself and stuff. Yeah. And Randolph's pace was, I thought it was pretty good that game. But he looked like, like he was on a new team. He looked like he didn't know anyone. And he, he is, to be fair, you know? Yeah. But maybe if he had more minutes before this game, that wouldn't be the case. But, yeah, he looked like he was on a new team for sure. So the, the biggest event in the first half was probably the injury to the uh, keeper of Fort Lauderdale. And I don't think he's well. I, I saw a picture later where he was, like, in the Gatineau Hospital and he had some really bad break or something. Why did he go to the Gatineau Hospital? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's like cheaper. <laughs> Interesting. What was funny was that 
the crowd was doing the chant, you're going home in an Ottawa ambulance. And he literally And he literally was. went to the Ottawa ambulance. That's horrible, actually. <laughs> oh, I hope he's okay. It looks like it wasn't like, it's not like career ending or anything like that, but it is unfortunate to lose your keeper to, uh, to an injury. He ran into the post. Is that what happened? I have no clue. I thought it was a collision between players, but it could be wrong. Yeah, so. But I remember the keeper that came in was rather short. And performed well. Yeah, he did. Although we did like to hackle him <laughs> all <laughs> game. Yeah, well, I think the rest of the league is starting to realize that coming into Ottawa, the other team is going to be heckled all game long. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've heard a few teams last year say like they didn't expect it to be that that way. And they say it's one of the toughest places to come in as far as like, like the crowd and stuff. So, which is a nice compliment, mm. I think. <laughs> yeah. So we went down in the forty-first minute uh, from a goal by Jose Angulo. Um, Tim, do you want to describe that goal to us? Yeah, it was a corner kick. Just kind of fell to him. He kind of just put it home. Yeah. No chance from Pizer. Well, these things happen, and. Um, yeah, then we came back in the second half, and uh, I didn't really have the feeling that we were going to get back into the game, <laughs> really. How do you guys feel? Optimistic? I thought it, it would, there was moments, like uh, when they subbed Dubi Parapovic on, uh, things changed there quite a bit, and uh, he, did, he did very well, and it, they, they started applying more pressure. Of course, uh, the conversions weren't there again, but... They did apply more pressure, and I thought they actually looked strong in the midfield. They're, they're, our defense seemed a bit unorganized, and and uh, and we couldn't score a goal for the life of us. There was crossbars. There was. Well, there also was that f pretty apparent foul from where I was standing uh, on Tommy Heineman that should have given us a penalty. I think. Yeah, I think Heineman went down, and justifiably, uh, he went down, and it definitely was a penalty. He was totally pushed right. Like a full-on push, right in the box. Uh, I didn't see that, but I thought it was. <laughs> we might have been talking about the same one, but I remember there was a play the, in the box where the defender went over the ball and caught Heineman. And I'm talking the ball. about like a slide tackle where there was an impact and it wasn't yeah. the ball. Yeah, I don't think it was a slide tackle, but I know the defender got Heineman without the ball. Do you and think it's a penalty? It was definitely a ball. Oh, okay. okay. That's why we're like, don't contest. <laughs> and then they scored two more goals. Uh, one was from Marlon Freitas. Tim, do you remember that goal? Yeah, it's a pretty nice box. Nice, nice little play outside the box to free him up and put a ball just over Pizer's head. Pizer might have been playing a little bit out of his net, but it looked like a really nice goal. Yeah, and then the final goal was once again scored by Jose Angulo, who had scored the first goal on a kind of a breakaway when the Fury were pushing everyone forward. I mean, they had Wiedemann and Heinemann on, two forwards, and they were really trying to come back, and uh, then they were caught um, totally unorganized in the defense. And uh, Pizer almost saved it, but the, from, like, the, game, the ball sort of trickled through, and then mm -hmm. Angulo just had to push it over the line, and that was that 90th minute. And, yeah, I felt pretty defeated when, when that went in. I was like, fuck. Oh, well. Yeah, we were pretty defeated. But, yeah. Um, what can we do? Like, Fort Lauderdale, they're, they're a good team. They've really changed a lot of their lineup since last year. Um, we were saying last podcast, we're, like, they're, 
didn't have a lot of confidence in their coach. And but I think he adjusted well. Like they were off the start of the game they were looking a little lost, but they got it together. Yep. So any final words about this game or should we move on and uh do some listener questions? It sucked. Yeah. That's what I'm it's best we just move on. <laughs> yeah. And that's what this team has to do now, is look forward though. Like, you know, this weekend we have New York. All right, so let's take another break, do some listener questions, and uh, then we'll preview the next uh, V-Cup game against FC Edmonton, and then the away match against New York's Cosmos. <laughs> I was going to say New York City FC. <laughs> My name is Phil Davies. You're listening to Ours is the Furry. Welcome back, guys. Now we'll get to uh, Ryan's favorite section where we ask our uh, listeners questions and they can ask us questions. And uh, if you don't know, you can do that on Twitter at Ottawa Fury. Or you can also do that on our Facebook group. Uh, just search for Ours is the Fury on Facebook and you should find us. And if you have a very long comment, you can get in touch with us on email. What's our email, Ryan? It's Ours is the Fury podcast at gmail.com. Correct. All right, so the question we asked this week was, which new player on the roster has been the most impressive and which one has the most potential? And Vince Alvarado, who's at Vince by Demand, says, me sick to both. Do you guys concur? Didn't one of them, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy watching him play. I was kind of disappointed not seeing him this last week. Might have been the difference maker. Well, he did come on, I think, at the end there. Yeah, Not for many minutes, we're already done. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally uh, can't judge him that much yet because I, for some reason, I just, I don't know if I haven't paid enough attention to him, but like, just not much comes to mind when I, when I think of him. Uh, but he was mentioned quite a lot. Uh, Namu also mentions him, and he mentions Rafael Alves. And Paulo Jr., who's turned into a fan favorite. Yeah, I, I love that new chant that we have. Paolo, Paolo, Paolo. Sort yeah. of reminiscent of the Messi chant in Barcelona. And um, Martin Burt, who is at OVTC6, also mentioned Paul Trinieri. And he also is a Alves fan. Uh, he, he says that Alves is obviously a good player, but needs more time with def defensive partners. And yeah, it's easy to agree to. <coughs> And uh, Teo Gauthier at Mimblo. Most impressive new, Jonathan, or Julian de Guzman. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't Some may be inclined to want more from him, but he's been great. Most potential, Paolo Jr. Bounces start going his way. He'll rock it up to goals assist charts. Honorable mention to Poltronieri. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Paolo, he's, like, he's spent a lot of time in the NESL. And a lot of the Fort Lauderdale and Atlanta fans would say, oh, he's not that good and stuff. But the potential that player has, given like... He has really good time, technique and he's so dynamic. And He was sprinting up the field with the ball like he didn't have the ball. Yeah. Like, that's just amazing control. And he was keeping it close to him. Like, it's really impressive. You don't see that too much. Yeah, and uh, at Fear Fanatic also agrees with you that uh, Paul Jr. is the most impressive overall and... Uh, in terms of potential, he thinks Misik and Haworth have a lot of potential. Haworth definitely has a lot of potential. I wish he could show more of what, what he can do. 
been a while since he's uh, showed but, us his... He's always working hard and, and so on, but he hasn't been super lucky out there. Yeah, and Andrew, uh, he, he let us know what he thought the most impressive player was Paulo Jr. I thought he would say Oliver, but yeah. he said Paulo Jr. Well, well we said players? new signings. Oh, right, new signings. <laughs> okay. And he says, also, I think Patterson has been a pleasant surprise. As Wenger would say, like a new signing. Oh my god, is Wenger with us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we should touch on it because we kind of... We always mention when he did bad, but this year Patterson's been absolutely pretty good. He's been really good and he's been knocking in uh, nice free kicks and corners that actually uh, create chances. So We see a full, full health Patterson, right? Like last year he's injured half the year. Yeah. Not doing so well. And he really has something to prove. I think he wants to show everyone that, you know, he's rightfully Ottawa Fury's first signing and that, that the first season was just sort of a mishap due to his injury. And I think when Ryan comes back and Ubi's fully healthy, he's, Mark Sanders is going to have a tough time taking Patterson out of the lineup the way he's been playing now. Yeah, so I'd have to say, like, for my answer to this question, I didn't tweet in, guys, but... Um, Apollo Jr. for sure has been the most impressive and the most potential I have to agree with the majority of listeners it's Misik he's, he's, he, he might even be beyond NESL in a few years like, say yeah, a lot I completely other. agree Ryan. Apollo Jr. Uh, he's a threat whenever he's on the ball he's always doing you know he's a fan favorite because he does Amazing, he's amazing tricks, and he's fast, and he just has this ability to like never give up the ball. Yeah. Like this, he, oh yeah. Like he just, you know, he's a, he's safe on the ball, and he's not giving it up. Kind of like that position would last year. Yeah. Well, I agree with you guys, and I'm curious to see if uh, if Misik can convince me as much as as you guys are already convinced by him. Um, Martin Burt also tweeted in a question for us, and he said that in... I don't know if these stats are accurate, but I'm just going to assume they are. He tweeted that in 2014, average goals against was 1.41, and in 2015, it's 2.0, and this is all competitions. And is a time for defensive change, and hashtag bring back Trafford. But you're comparing five games to... <laughs> All of last year. Yeah, the sample size is big enough. It's not statistically relevant. <laughs> but he does make a good point. I mean, I'd like they've, to see. They've had troubles defending, as we've seen. Like they gave up six goals last week, but they always kept Falvi, Alves, Richter. Alves, you know, hands down, probably the best defender we've had. We've played this year. Falvi, not so great. Richter's been pretty good, but I think. I don't know why we haven't seen Trafford yet. Yeah, he played the most minutes last year. I'd like to see Alves next to Trafford, mm. just to see what it would be like. Plus, bringing Becky. I mean, Becky only played the first game. He's playing out of position, and he did, you know, he did pretty well. Yeah. So, and you know, we did not concede any goals against Minnesota United, so mm. we can't do, be doing everything wrong. But I think goals are up. League wide, like if you look at the scores on the weekends, they're, they're quite high, like compared to last year was one nothing zero zero. So I'd be interested to see in the average goals for all teams in all competitions. 
I think it's always pretty funny how the NASL is trying to like self promote themselves and like they'll have these stats where like they want to show an improvement and like one of them was like attendances are up this year like all together we had blah 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 and then it's like twelve hundred more overall or something it's like yay <laughs> such progress and we also have another team too right. <laughs> No, I think that's... Oh, okay. oh man. I hope not. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> it, or just saying per game attendance is up 1,200. That'd be a good stat, actually. But if it was 1,200 overall, that'd be troubling. Because <laughs> you've added a franchise. So Yeah, well, I, I don't know. It was just a, a pretty bad example of how the NASL is trying to promote. It's not really... They've done really well showing the highlights now. If you go on the NASL site, they have the highlights up in most of the games. And they, they're really well done. Yeah, and I mean, American listeners will be very happy that they can watch every single game on ESPN3. That's huge. And Canadian listeners will be very upset that they can't watch anything but the two Canadian teams. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. But I did see a tweet that's saying the NFL is working on a solution to it. Yeah. So hopefully, sooner rather than later, they have that up and we can finally watch NFL soccer again. Yeah, I logged into TSN this Saturday at, when I got home after our match and the games weren't on, so... There's no statement why they weren't. Mm. So, well, and then finally we had another comment uh, or question from Andrew McVicker, who's at Drew in Ottawa, and he says, "Is this team still here in five to seven years?" <sighs> Andrew, wait, why do you have to break our heart? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I hope so. I think this team will still be here. Will they have the same ownership? I don't know, but I can't see. They have this whole stadium they need to fill with some kind of events. Yeah, I, I, I used to joke <laughs> that the team will outlast the league, and now the league is kind of showing that it might be around in 10 years. So um, I, I think the Fury will always be in Ottawa in some form or another, like they have been. Um, but once you get to a certain level, it's hard to... Like, what cities don't have second division teams that... Baltimore and Detroit, San Francisco. Detroit never had a second division team. No. Cle- Cleveland, I guess. Like, there's very few cities that have made it to this level that don't have a soccer team after. So, yeah, I, 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 I think there'll always be a high level football team in this city for years to come. Will it be with the same owners? Will it be in the NASL? I don't know. But to answer Andrew's question, I, I honestly think the Fury will will be around five, seven years. What is for sure is that we'll still be around and we'll be covering whatever the highest team is in Ottawa at the time. Right, Ryan? I'm looking forward to the FC Gatineau podcast. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so maybe what, you're, what, what Andrew's trying to say is in five, if we still have... Crowds of 3,000. Yes, if we still generate the same amount of crowds five, seven years from now, will there still be a team? I guess it, like in terms of Osik being the owner, that highly depends on the success of the football team, right? If people stop showing up for that, then we're screwed. In the history of sports teams in Ottawa, but most of the teams Ottawa's ever lost have been baseball teams. Well, and the, the Rough Riders, right? Yeah, yeah, but the Rough Riders was was an issue of ownership, like the ownership group. Slightly poorly managed. (laughs) Slightly poorly managed. Uh, So let's uh, finish that section and let's just quickly look at the scores uh, in the rest of the NASL. So the Atlanta Silverbacks took on New York Cosmos and uh, 
tied them 0-0. We couldn't watch the game because it's not available, <laughs> but... What was this stuff about the they stormed the pitch after the game? The fans? Just I for didn't Raul, hear. Did you hear about this? No. Yeah. In Atlanta? Yeah, there was like a pitch invasion after the game. After 0-0? Zero, zero, after 0-0. Like, hey! but, but it was like Atlanta fans there, or people from Atlanta, I should say, there to see Raul. Yeah. Apparently that happened. So He is a draw. He is a draw. Yeah, and then Indy 11 also tied Carolina 1-1. And that'll be the last game for Indy's uh, keeper. Hey, he's played every minute with Indy, and he's transferring to Montreal to play in the big championship. Yeah, but that's final. just for, like, one game. That's yeah. a short-term. No. no? It's a full transfer. That's a full transfer. The Edmund, so it's not the like Edmonton the Edmonton one. Keeper. Yeah, okay. it's a short-term one. Huh, maybe I'm going to have to be a Montreal Impact fan from now on with that German on, on, on board now. Yeah, well, maybe me and you don't have to talk to each other anymore. <laughs> that would be excellent. Uh, yes. <coughs> well, we have to go at least a couple more minutes to finish this podcast true, before true. I throw you out of the podcast studio. <laughs> <laughs> and the Tampa Bay Rowdies uh, won 3-2 in a high-scoring game against Jacksonville. Uh, what's that derby called? The Battle of the Atlantic? Or no? That's Jack- no, that's Jacksonville. They must have one, too. I mean, they're... I don't know. <laughs> Crackhead. Derby, I don't know. <laughs> How can we market this? Derby, derby. Yes. See, that's another game with lots. You know, five goals in one mm-hmm. game. That's quite a bit. I mean, Tampa's doing pretty well this year. It's probably, probably one of the surprises. But yeah. the NASL, yep. they're kind of fighting with New York for the top spot. Speaking of surprises, the two teams that aren't doing very well is Minnesota United and uh, San Antonio Scorpions. Yeah, they drew, eh, over the weekend? Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. So both teams are without a win still? I thought for sure one of them would come out of that game. We're ahead of both those teams. Yes, we're ahead yeah. of both those teams. So we're sitting eighth in the standings right now. Yeah, but we have already played four games, and everyone underneath us has only played three games. And then FC Edmonton is actually ahead of us, and they have a game in hand as well. Oh, well. Was it that game that we had the, the 45-yard... Oh, the San Antonio goal. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was more than it that. It was a 60-yard goal. No. It was over the half. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah if you can, um, take, take a look at the highlights from the Minnesota United-San Antonio game. There was a goal, and um, I think it's totally the keeper's fault for not saving it, though. But a 60-yard goal it's off so a free impressive. kick. Yeah. yeah, it was very impressive. So it's worth checking out. Uh, do you guys find like the NASL is like way more watchable this year? Like the competitions are more interesting. Uh, the games, there's more talent on the field. From the games I've managed to see, yeah. just one Edmonton game, <laughs> other than the Fury games. Yeah, it's been, you know, really, really impressive and a lot of like a really good highlights. I remember two weeks ago they were talking about this thirty-six yard strike that was going to be goal of the year. And now this week, it's that beyond half goal, now goal of the year. Do you think the trick to like marketing a soccer league is having terrible defense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great, like, amazing highlight. <laughs> like, just that's, put all that's, the money into forwards and, like, take all the money out of defenders. That's basically the, like, the, uh, the uh, Eredivisie in, in the Netherlands is like that. All these great offensive players and <laughs> shitty defenses <laughs> makes an entertaining product. Um, but back to non-entertaining soccer. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, all right, uh, let's take another break, and then we'll preview shortly the FC Edmonton game and the New York Cosmos game. Thank you, man. Well, 
listening to Ours is the Fury, your number one source for all things Ottawa Fury FC. Welcome back, guys, to our final segment where uh, we're going to look at the V-Cup game first. Hopefully you'll listen to that before the game, but likely you're not. Um, so we're in the next round, guys. The Ottawa Fury made it! Oh. <laughs> so we need three goals, right? We need three away goals. Yep. What should we do for... Score three times. <laughs> <laughs> should we, but I've heard people say, oh, they should play all the Canadians. I think we should just put the best 11 out there and uh, like go for it. Like, yeah. do, you, do you go for it on Wednesday night? Or do you just say, oh, whatever, and then prepare for New York? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities to turn this around. If we get an early goal, like last time, we have basically the whole game to score two more. Um... You know, I would say play two strikers, but when I think of Wiedemann and Heinemann, you know, you're probably taking the spot away from someone else that could be more dangerous up there. What do you think of Howarth, Oliver, and Paulo Jr. up front? Yeah, that's what, exactly what I would go with. Yeah. How about for the midfield? Uh, De Guzman, Patterson, and uh, that's it. Because uh, Oliver is already... In it, right? Okay. Yeah. And for the D? Well, I'd like to see Trafford, Alves, Richter, and uh, either Poltrinieri or... Probably I'd prefer Poltrinieri on the left over Mike Randolph. I, I would like to see uh, Davies and Hustachio on the bench for sure. Hopefully. Davies is injured. Oh, right. Becky. Becky. Mean. I always yeah. get them confused. <laughs> and I have to apologize to them too because when I see them in person, I get them confused <laughs> as well. <laughs> Until I hear them speak, because they have different accents, but, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Eustachio play. I don't think that'd be thrown in the towel, but I just... I can see uh, he, was really, he was really good when he played last year, and I haven't seen him at all this year. Yeah, maybe instead of the Guzman, to give him a break. The Guzman is an old man, after all. It's true. Oh, yeah, he's done. He shouldn't even be playing <laughs> soccer anymore. <laughs> What is yeah. this talentless hack doing in Ottawa? <laughs> there is a bit of part. There is a part of me that wants them to go with like all Canadians and kind of maybe not just all Canadians, but all like the French players and go. This is this is your game. Prove that you can. You want to play on this team. Would this be a good game to uh, try a, a change in that? Yeah, maybe give DBE a chance at it. Why not? I love it. Apparently, Mark Sedo said he's already going with Pizer. Yeah. He said he that the Bellas will play one game in the spring at least, but it won't be this game. And does Edmonton come out with a full defensive lineup, or do they go for like two goals? I bet you they'll play on the counter, like pretty defensively, but then just try to hit us on the counter. That would make sense for Colin Miller to do. Yeah, yeah. they're not. They didn't play last week, as I said before, so they're not. They don't have to worry about fitness, so. Do you think the referee will show up at the bar of the FC Edmonton supporters after the game like he did in Ottawa? Hopefully it's not the same referee. I Actually, I, I looked up that referee, and he, he, he roughed a lot in the MLS. He's one of the go-to guys from the MLS, one highly regarded by the CSA. Um, but if just uh, look up who the referee was for the last game last Wednesday, and also... Go on Google searches and look up related searches. There's just some interesting things there. Like some homework for some of our listeners. Oh, God. <laughs> Probably do not do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it's, nothing, it's nothing too shocking. but 
So anyway, hopefully we'll turn it around. If not, it's not the end of the world. I mean, we've already sort of buried that one. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if they got three goals and take on Vancouver. Stranger things have happened. Yes. And I think Ottawa Fury are capable of putting three goals behind Edmonton. But they're going to have to play like one of their best games they've ever played. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, and then a couple days later, we'll have another away match. So it's going to be tough. First to Edmonton and then to New York City. And Ryan, Kendra, and I will actually going to be there. We're going to make a road trip. Yeah, and the game's actually in New York City. Yeah. Um, they're not playing in Long Island. They're playing Coney Island. Yeah. It's going to be in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, on Coney Island, there's a baseball stadium, minor league baseball stadium. And the game's going to be held there. Coney Island is actually more of a peninsula instead of an island. but yeah, Same with Long Island, right? No, Long Island is a pretty good island. It's not connected. Yeah, we'll, a bridge, though. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have more details about New York and its geography after we went there this week. But um, this New York squad's the real deal. They're uh, first in the league now. Of course, we know all their all their big names and Senna, Raul. Um, people totally overlook uh, what's the Scandinavian player in their league on their team? Stokeland. Stokeland. That's it. I can never never say it until I hear it. <laughs> people always overlook that guy. What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> yeah. What's his face? But he he's he's a dangerous. I wish we had that player actually. I wish he was on our squad. Um, yeah, Hadji Wright, who they signed, who was a big kind of uh, big youth player. Yeah, it was supposed to be MLS bound, but he was came. From, is that the guy that came from the LA Galaxy Academy? I believe so. Yeah, and he left the LA Galaxy Academy for for uh, New York Cosmos. So they're a serious team. They've been doing some damage. They don't score a lot of goals though, which is surprising. Uh, maybe it's because teams play very well against them, but what do you think the result's going to be, John? Um, I'm hoping that we'll get a draw, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if we get beaten there. It's a tough place to go. Um, maybe it's an advantage that they're not playing in the regular stadium. I'm not sure. You know, I'm, I'm hoping for a draw. Maybe better if, if we're lucky. Yeah. New York's always one of those teams that we kind of always had a trouble with. We always play well, but they always seem to beat us by a goal. So I don't, fortunately, I don't see that changing this uh, this weekend. Yeah, I think a draw would be a good result. Um, we're going to be five games into the season. We get a draw, we have five points. It's not doesn't sound that good when you look at it, when you say it out loud or when you look at it on paper. But considering, I think most of our harder, more difficult games were at the start. Yeah, and lots of, like, not a lot, but three out of five would have been away matches, right? Right. Yeah, only two home matches. Yeah, we still have to play Indy, who we generally tend to play well. They're, they've been playing well, but we play them uh, well. We have two wins against them last year. We have Jacksonville. Jacksonville's coming up, yeah. So, and I think it's important to take those teams seriously, the teams like Jacksonville, and not just think they'll be easy three points. But I truly believe this team is much better than last year's team. This team looks a lot better, like watching them. Uh, it doesn't really reflect in the standings yet, but I think it just shows you how how improved the NASL is 
from this year to last and how it's been proved over, you know, the five years it's been around. Just how much you can tell, you can tell watching the Fury how much better they are and they're still kind of where they were last year. So it does show that the NSL is improving and improving a lot. Yeah, it's exciting to see too. So hopefully uh, next year it'll be another big jump in improvement. We saw the same thing for seven years in MLS. It improved every year. And so let's hope it continues for the NASL as well. On that note, uh, let's burn the disc and send it to Red Nation Online. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's been a rough week, and it's kind of rough doing this podcast today because, you know, two losses and two games. Yeah, that we really, didn't really want to talk about it. Yeah. Sorry that although, we're down. <laughs> oh, we should mention, for any of you not going to New York, the Academy team plays their first regular season game on Sunday at Carlton Raven Road Field. Don't know where that is. It's not Keith Harris. It's another field. So maybe Google Map it before you show up, but it's free. And I went to the game last year, and it looks like really good football, and it's free. Yeah, and the PLSQ starts this weekend as well. So, Same week. Yeah. No, but like uh, there's other games too in the area. So thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Bye, guys. Toodles.